purple might be your color. It really matches your eyes. Look, uh... <clears throat> got you a little something. It's kind of like a thank you for after. Where'd you get this? You know, same as everything. There's a lot of money right there. Oh, I stole it from bad guys. Hmm? Learned that from you. If you had access to money like this, you made us live in that shithole. Use it. Get out of the city. Have a life. You've done enough. Yeah? You've got to finish this, right? How do you feel? I feel like shit. Frank. I think we, um... It's not, you know. Where's the van? That's where we left it. We agreed. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're continuing our Punisher Netflix series. Uh, this is the final one for this. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, it's entitled Moments Mori. And uh, I'm going to let Memento Steve talk Mori. about Really? Me- Memento Mori, yes. Yes, and in fact, I, I love that you, you bring that up because it's it's an interesting uh, – it's a callback, if you remember, to a couple of episodes ago when Frank put the Punisher back on and Micro said – when he put the Punisher uh, logo back on and Micro said, that's a Memento Mori. Frank, because when the Roman generals would come back into the city, they would have a slave behind them who would say "Memento Mori" because it means "Remember, you will die." Awesome! So, so it's, it's a Roman Latin kind of thing. All right, say well that. Thank you, Steve. You actually corrected me on this. This is awesome. So can you I don't, take it I don't away? Normally, <laughs> absolutely. I don't normally try to correct you. I try to let it go until we figure it out. But. Um, yeah, this this was this was episode thirteen, and we we begin with uh, Madani and Micro. Uh, they bring Frank to Madani's mom and dad's house, back to this apartment that we've seen before with Madani's mother, but I don't think we've ever seen her father before. And it turns out that her father is a doctor, and he has all the things to help stitch up Frank. And then we cut to Russo, and he's doing some doctoring of him, on himself. Um, and then all of a sudden a bunch of Homeland agents break in and we have this, uh, this amazing sequence with Russo getting out of the building and then, and then blowing it up. And, um, it's, it's a cool scene as he's walking away from the building and it's blowing up behind him. And if you've ever, if you're ever a, uh, an SNL fan, there's a, I think it's Lonely Island, uh, the group that, uh, the names escaped me, the guy from Brooklyn nine, nine, um, uh, Andy Andy Samberg does that uh, uh, sings a song called uh, "Real Men Don't Look at Explosions," and uh, you can (laughs) you can look it up on YouTube. It's a great video. It's got all the different clips from movies of guys walking away from exploding things, and that's Russo. He's walking away from the building as it's exploding, and that's what was playing in my head: is is real men don't look at explosions. Um, (laughs) So uh, then we have Micro and Madani. They want uh, they want Frank to leave the city. Micro tries to get him some money and. 
Uh, but Frank has unfinished business, and Madani uh, then meets with the, the CIA woman and her boss. Micro gets reunited with his family, finally for good. Uh, and then we have this great sequence towards the end as uh, Russo and Frank play this cat and mouse game until there's this bloody uh, confrontation where Frank, uh, at the spot where Frank's family was killed. And uh, all throughout the episode, though, we're treated with these flashbacks of Frank and his wife and kids interacting not just with each other, but with Billy. And we get to see how close Billy Billy was. was. Yeah. Yeah. His family. And uh, you really start to understand how much of a betrayal it was for Russo. Yeah. To Frank, for Russo, you did. Especially to find out that Russo may not have been there the day his family uh, died, but to even know that Russo was involved in that uh, that sequence of events or with those guys who did that, it's uh, such a betrayal for Frank. Yeah, it, it was it was a sad note, and I I had a hard time watching that up that actual scene because the interactions between the kids and his wife, Frank's wife, it showed that they embraced. Billy and how how could you do something like that that's like a complete if this is your extended family don't do that it just yeah my mind yeah it, it's I, I can't count how many how many people in my life I've been that close to and I could never even imagine treating them like that or, or having that yeah I just I can't even imagine because like I said I've, I've had a lot of of extended family or in non-blood family in in my life over the last you know many many years and uh it uh yeah it was disturbing to realize just how close he was to them and then how much of a betrayal it was yeah so we'll get to our top five My number five uh, would be the Punisher outfit coming back from Frank's last stand with Billy. You know, that to me was, you know, it, it kind of like captivates the actual, you know, series. It's, you know, the symbol that we always see. But you only saw him not really that many times in the in the first episode when he was uh, on his angry kill mission after uh, Kingpin. And then I think it came out one more time, and then it came out this time. Yeah, like like I said at the beginning, he he spray paints it onto his um, his his bulletproof vest when uh, the uh, bad guys, when Russo and his uh, team, or well, Russo's not with them, but when that mercenary team attacks the hideout, because uh, we were talking earlier about the whole memento mori thing and. Uh, the fact that I, I, there's, I love that interaction in that episode when when Micro says, you know, why are you wearing that? And he says, because I want them to see me coming. Death is at your door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so Micro and his family, and, and the fact that Frank did not go into the the house and didn't interact with the family, and, and you do see a little bit of disappointment, I think, on on Micro's wife's face when. Frank won't come in, but you also see the the gratitude that she has to have her husband back, and, and the kids are grateful to have him back. And and so I, I wonder, some part of me wondered if Frank 
didn't want to go in just because of the vision. Remember the vision he had of them having a big turkey dinner and then people breaking in and killing everybody. Um, but the other side of that is I think the reason he didn't go in is because that's not his family anymore. Micro has his own family and Frank went to his true family, which was the support group, which was Curtis. Um, so I really like that, that idea of Curtis walks in and, and Frank is setting up the chairs and you can just see that Frank is finally going to sit down and talk to these, these other guys about the whole, the whole coming home uh, scenario. So that was my, my number five basically was family was micro being reunited with his family and Frank kind of finding or is trying to find, maybe we'll see some more of it in season two of Frank trying to find his real family. Well, if you think about it, this actually comes back around because in the very first episode, what does Frank do? He, he won't stay. To, no, no. He, he went to Curtis. You actually see him in the first mm-hmm. episode going to Curtis, opening up the folding chair right, and sitting down and talking. And now he's coming back. And at the very end, it's tail ending. That's that's him. good. I, I yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that that was the one thing that clued me in. I I'm like, okay, they start off with this. It was him in the construction site, him going through this, but the in the first episode, and then in the after those scenes, he goes to visit, but he visits after the uh, the the meeting that they have with all the other vets. This time, it seems like he's showing up before not after and opening up that chair. Right. That's so, good. That's so he's that's opening good. up his heart. He's opening up his mind uh, and opening up to the rest of the guys that are there. So that's know, great. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. And, and that's, that's interesting. You say that because that is what he was doing. You now that like you go back to that, the first episode, he's closing up the chairs. He's helping Curtis c- kind of clean up yes. after the thing. But this time he's there before and he's opening up. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So, all right, so uh, my number four uh, would be the opening scene of this episode. Uh, Frank being uh, worked on by Madani's mom's... I, I thought it was her boyfriend. I didn't think it was the father. <laughs> no, I have. I, I use the closed captioning, and um, she calls him father or dad, or she calls him dad when she when she comes into the oh, apartment. okay. So uh, I, like I said, I had the closed captioning on with my... <laughs> My Netflix and and it, she actually does call him dad uh, more than once. I think in that in that opening scene. Yeah, and, and with that you see uh, Billy's scene where he's alone working on himself, and uh, you you see a little bit of difference between there. Frank's got these people that are caring for him and helping him in his time of need after that battle, and then Billy's still alone. He's Billy the kid like he mentions in that one scene (laughs) and he's all alone and it's about betrayal uh, as you actually brought up previous before the podcast and uh, that does make sense Uh, and then you see Billy walk out and you hear Credence uh, well John Fogarty and it's kind of that bluesy kind of I'm gonna do something yeah that uh, the 
<laughs> yeah, I liked it. Like I said, I, I love, one of the things I do because with the with the closed captioning, I can see, and it it actually was a Creedence song according to the closed captioning anyway. Okay. And it was it was Penthouse Popper was the name of the song. Oh, cool. Uh, was the, so uh, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to hear to to hear that. But yeah, as he's that whole scene is just really cool to watch. That because it's it's really one of those things where you kind of, I mean, part of it you wonder. Did the Homeland Ages not realize what was going on, or was it just so fast? Because you know, the first two come into the the room, he shoots them, takes the radio, and then he basically uses the radio to figure out where they are and just shoots them as he's walking out of the building. Um, yeah, cool. So, uh, what was your number three? That kind of plays into into mine, and uh, it, it was Madonna's dad. And I kind of had a question to go with this one, in because we we only see the I've only known uh, medical doctors on TV. Actually, and, hold on. I did my number four. You didn't do yours. Yeah, it's my number. This is actually my number four. Uh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> we we figure we get the numbers enough, but uh, um, it actually plays right into mine. Okay. Uh, which which was Madonna's dad being a doctor, and the fact that, like I said, my my question is, do doctors in real life have all the stuff? Like, do they have a bag that has medication and syringes and scalpels <laughs> and all the things to do major surgery? Because I mean, he, he uh, did some uh, major. I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, on uh, on Frank, and uh, along with that. Uh, um, I, I love the the quote when they're when they're going back and forth about who he is, and uh, they talk. Uh, he says uh, in Farsi, he says uh, to the mother, "You know, we've known freedom fighters, things you know, freedom fighters that are criminals or something like that." And sh- and then he says a really lovely line where he says, "Everything can wait." She says, "Do do you know anything about this man?" And he says, "Everything can wait until he fixes him. You know, until he gets him yeah. well." Um, so I, I really liked that uh, that that whole thing, and he he gets him uh, uh, gets him back and uh, sews him up and and does that little move with the and we've seen that if you ever saw the movie Three Kings, the same kind of thing happens where there's a something has punctured the lung, and so you've got to release blood yeah. from the 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 thing, and uh, so the, he puts the little straw or whatever it was in there to release the the tension from the the lung. Um, yeah, it's just really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I noticed that in other uh, uh, medical shows too. They've done it in ER and yeah, uh, Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that too. So. Yeah, I think it's just because it's such a very visual thing that that you can see and people can can. Re- I think in our in our limited medical training brain, it makes sense to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether whether it's the, the lungs of blood that's in it and yeah, and, you know. yeah. Whether it's real or not. So, uh, okay, so that was my number four. Um, uh, what was your number three? Uh, well, Billy confronting Cur- Curtis about Frank. Uh, you know, his interaction with Curtis about why did you lie. Uh, at first, it was a casual conversation of Billy just <laughs> sitting right there by his bedside. <laughs> and then Curtis going, hey, can I put this leg on? And then... <laughs> It was really weird to watch, and and then he goes, "Oh, I'm gonna make some coffee," and you know, it's like, "Oh, brew me one too," and uh, it was, 
and it, it started adapting, getting a little bit more heated within the conversation. And uh, with by that point, Frank interjecting uh, and him uh, trying to attack Billy from a distance he, with a sniper rifle. And you see him with the vest, and you see him with the the skull on the chest on the uh, the bulletproof vest, and uh, you know him calling Curtis, and then he actually hit Curtis <laughs> during the firefight, I believe. Yeah, actually, it was Billy shot with because he used Curtis's gun and shot him at the very ah. beginning when the whole thing started. I love it because this is one of those rare. This hasn't happened to us on very many episodes. Uh, very many episodes where we have so many in sync. Uh, kind of points. Normally we're pretty we're pretty different, but I, I actually had something very similar to this. I had that whole interaction uh, between the whole cat and mouse thing between Frank, which be Frank and Billy, which starts with Curtis's apartment because obviously Frank had set up with Curtis beforehand. Mm-hmm. He realized that hey, Billy is probably going to come to you, so I'm going to set up on the the roof across the street, and I want you to get him talking, and then open the curtains. And you notice Curtis plays Billy perfectly because he he opens those curtains and lets the light in, and Billy doesn't even realize what Curtis is doing until Curtis brings him the coffee cup and kind of holds it. If you notice, he he holds it, and I, I watched the scene the second time uh, yesterday, uh, he kind of holds the coffee cup out in a way where Billy has to step in front of the window to, to take the coffee cup from it. And that's when Billy realized that he was being set up and he, he drops the, the cop and they both drop the coffee cups and, and Frank shoots through the window and, yeah. you know, barely misses Billy. Uh, yeah, it was just a really, that's really tense that i mean from the beginning i was kind of i was tensed up watching that because you know curtis is he can't get to his own gun he's suddenly faced with this man in his apartment with who's holding who's pointing his gun at him and he's like so now you're gonna shoot me with my own gun or something like that uh but yeah that that whole confrontation was really interesting and the fact that that billy uh, there's a, a quote in there that, that I had that Billy says, we know – he's talking to Frank. And he says, we know each other so well. And even Curtis had said that, that you guys are, are so similar, the two of you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really uh, – I like that except you know, Curtis, of course, points out the fact that, that uh, they're very similar, but Frank would never betray a brother. Yeah. And, exactly. But yet at the same time, that's kind of what Curtis is doing to Billy, isn't he? He's kind of betraying him to Frank, setting him up in this way. But I think Curtis feels justified because of what Billy has done. Yeah, I agree. And what do you think? Do you do you think that's uh, kind of what was going on there? Or yeah, definitely. There was totally a, a betrayal on that on both sides. Uh, you know, Billy thought one way, and thought Frank meant. The same way, but uh, it was more on Billy's end, I think, of of the betrayal of, hey, you didn't tell me you were alive. Hey, I did not know this. I did not know what was going on. Right. But also, you're interfering with my life. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. There was definitely – but there, there, yeah, and I think you're right because the whole thing was, was really Curtis – you know, 
Billy felt betrayed because Curtis had not told him that Frank was alive, but Curtis explained to him that, well, Frank told me or asked me not to tell you because he wanted to protect you because he thought you were okay. He thought you were a good person. He didn't realize that you had already betrayed us all the way back, you know, in Kandahar, Yeah, you know, or, or Curtis, not, not then in Kandahar, but you know, that he'd already betrayed Frank. Yeah. Uh, it was very good. Very good. Uh, all right. So that was your number three. Um, which led so to your number three. <laughs> to my number three, so we're at your number two. Uh, Micro's family dinner at the very end. Um, yeah, nice to see them all coming, but also segues into the scene of them and the 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 relocation. <laughs> they, they set, you know, him getting along with the kids, and then the wife. It's like, hold on, I need to talk to your father for a little bit. <laughs> And it's over in less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Is that a, I, you know, I've heard this man at a certain age, you know, get, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I wondered about like what exactly what, you know, was he apologizing for? Was he not able to perform or do you perform too quickly or uh, we don't, we don't really know. So <laughs> I, I think he performed too quickly because he was that, too excited. <laughs> that could be that I've heard, I've heard that can happen (laughs) (laughs) but it was really interesting and really sweet and nice that you got to see them get together and it showed that she truly loved him and uh you know and that she was glad he was home oh absolutely and then on top of that you had the ending dinner uh and you and i were talking about this earlier about you know because i wasn't sure if frank went in or not and you said he did not. And uh, I, I come to that understanding. And, uh, you know, it, it was it's hard to say, but I have a funny feeling Michael come, will come back into Frank's life eventually in some way or Frank will come to him looking for his guidance. But uh, we don't know. Uh, the uh, Punisher, what, season two is scheduled to come out sometime soon. They got the green lights, so... Yeah. I think they're they're currently filming. Yeah, they're currently filming. I believe I haven't checked Reddit recently. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the the really great thing about that whole scene in in the relocation thing was, you know, Micro kind of makes a joke about, oh, do you have any friends who are in a relocation house or something like that or in a safe house? That's <laughs> you know, uh, and then when when she pulls him into the the bathroom or the other the bathroom there, he's yeah. kind of apologizing because he thinks he's about to get. Chastised, yeah, <laughs> yelled that, and then uh, and then she just attacks him, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, okay, you do, okay, we do want this to happen, okay, you know, and uh, and then and you know, you juxtapose that with the scene at the end when he and Frank pull up in the van, and he says, and I, I went back and I had to replay it because I, I didn't hear it all correctly, but he says uh, three days of depositions. And uh, explaining the videos to them and laying out all the evidence. So he, you know, even though he had given them everything, he still had to kind of piece it together for the CIA. And, you know, we have that same understanding that when the CIA woman says, well, we we reconfigured the narrative to that makes Russo Wilson's partner and you're completely clear uh, to Frank. Which, which is a, I think I've got it in my notes. It wasn't one of my top five, but it's just this, this whole understanding that what they did for Frank was she said, or Robbie, one of them said, 
that they they got rid of all of his records, his fingerprints, his DNA. They replaced his fingerprints and DNA uh, with another person's. So if somebody searches uh, his DNA or his fingerprints, they're not going to find um, they're not going to find him, you know. And so he truly could, if he left New York and went somewhere where people didn't know his face, he could probably live peacefully. But yeah. there's that whole question of, and I think the it's the CIA woman who says it, or, or we we heard it um, a while back. Did I write it down? I didn't. Um, where they say, "What is freedom to you?" You know what what is what is freedom going to mean to you? And really, Frank, that's what Frank's got to figure out because he still has this face. He still has this face that if he's in New York and a New York cop sees him. A New York cop is going to know, oh, that's the Punisher. That's the guy who at least we know for sure was uh, convicted of 37 homicides and escaped, you know, custody. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out if the media is able to pick him up as a – because the media was already starting to portray him. You know, prior to being labeled a terrorist, the media was starting to portray him as a vigilante, and so some people were starting to support him. Uh, so we'll just see how that plays out in uh, in season two. So uh, my number two, my number two is Frank's flashbacks, um, and we we talked a little bit about this yeah. earlier. Um, just that, that how close you realize he and Billy were after they came back from Kandahar. And, and like I said, that's what makes the betrayal even worse, especially to Frank, because, um, you know, this, they, this was, this was uncle Billy to his kids. And so, uh, yeah, all those flashbacks were really, they were, it was great to see, but at the same time it was, it was heartbreaking because we know the end of it. Uh, yeah. It, 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 to see the interactions between the kids and mm-hmm. Frank's wife with Billy and uh, the quick witty comebacks that they all had uh, when Billy talks about how he was named after <laughs> Billy the Kid. And how did you know that you were named after Billy the Kid if you were an orphan, <laughs> Uncle Bill? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh. So that those things, you know, it was heart wrenching to watch because you you've been seeing this build up over the course of the season, and you know that it's going to come to an end, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh my God, they're really tugging at us at this point. Yeah. yeah. But you you knew it had to be, and it. And you could see it on Frank's face, too, when he's going through those flashbacks, too. If you look at him when he was looking through the uh, at the window with the, mm-hmm. the rifle when he was shooting at uh, at Curtis's apartment. You know, you saw that, and, oh, my God, that, that was just so intense. Yeah. Well, and even at the end, when he's, when he's on the carousel and he has the, the PTSD flashbacks... Um, being on the on the car- just being on the carousel where he knows his wife and kids were killed um, is is really interesting too to see that to know that Frank still suffers from that and I, that's going to be another interesting thing in in season two to see how that PTSD continues to uh, to to plague him so to speak. Yeah, well, you know, it's, you're you're always suffering from it. 
mm-hmm. uh, according to most people, and it's it's how you are able to keep going, uh, according to therapists. Yeah. Uh, it's like how do you push that down and move on if you get triggered in some way? How do you move mm-hmm. away from it? Things of that right. nature. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about figuring out what what the triggers are and avoiding them. So exactly, yeah. and it seems that Frank always. Enter somewhere where it's always triggering him. <laughs> exactly. So, which exactly. Is, which is his uh, burden to bear at this point, but actually helps out others. Right. So, what was your number one? Uh, well, Billy's last stand with Frank and, and taking him out. And that was so grueling and intense, especially with the knives and <laughs> and Frank grating his face, <sighs> Billy's face right on the broken glass of the mirror. And you, he went from pretty boy to disgusting boy in a heartbeat. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, it, I, I cringed. I, I, I had to fast forward through it the second time watching because I couldn't, I couldn't watch the whole fight. I was just like, this is just too, Grueling. too much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially that moment, that that dragging his face. Oh, I, I, it goes up and down my spine even just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to think about those things, but it happened. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. thankfully, to the wonderful world of cinematic yeah. gore and effects, we, we have that. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it, we know they're okay. They're okay, everybody. Well, we know that Ben Barnes – yeah, that's Ben Barnes, right? He's okay. He's actually not um, all, all messed up like that. Um, yeah, and, and that's another one of those things that, that is kind of interesting, and I'm not sure if – if that's and I haven't followed the Punisher comic book in in years, was he that kind of brutal in in the comics? They uh, at at some point they actually shifted it where in the comics where he was extremely brutal, okay. and then he changed it and they made it a little bit more relaxed for <laughs> depending on what type of reader that they had at the time. So I know I I I was it Punisher War Journal very, you know, disgusting. I I don't remember. I I only perused that. Yeah, I don't. It's been so long since I I looked at those comics that I couldn't even wouldn't even know for sure. But um, you know that that whole fight. There's a lot of things when you, and I I, I hate to even break it down, but to break down in that fight that you see, um, first off. When they're they're shooting at each other, and then they're they're they throw their guns away, or he gets Frank to throw his gun away and throw his knife away, and then they start wrestling, and he 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 stabs Frank with his with his uh, that that uh, sleeve knife that he had that that jutted out from his wrist, you know, yeah. uh, he stabs him through the and it goes through Frank's arm uh, that was just. Oh, that was another one that made me cringe. As soon as that blade popped out the other side of his arm, I was like, oh. Um, but uh, – and I was like, oh, that's right. He's got that whatever shooting out blade. Um, and and then just the way – and not just that, but the the lines Frank said that he said, you know, you're going to – whenever you look in the mirror, you're going to remember me. I want you to know pain. And he – you know the, the loss of Billy's face. What Frank was comparing it to was the loss of his family. Was was this? You know, this your face has been the most important thing to you in your life, and I'm going to take that away. Um, that moment when Billy spit the bullet out of his mouth. 
was another was another one that made me made me cringe. That was just like, oh, how did he? You know, I just like, how do you do that? First off, why did it stop? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because you would think it would go all. I don't know. I mean, did it go through his mouth? I don't. It was just a whole. But then spitting it out was just oh, another one of those things that made me cringe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 was it for me. You know, they. Uh, it's like you had to end it on a high note or mm-hmm. downer note at this point, but a high uh, fight because that's usually what happens in these shows. Yeah, it has yeah. to come to that that big battle at the end, and mm-hmm. that's what this gave. So yeah. I, I was happy with it. I did not cringe. Sorry, I'm, I'm used <laughs> oh. to that kind of thing, but. Oh, yeah, to I me, it wasn't, it wasn't so <laughs> devastating to me, oddly enough. It, it's weird. But, uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I actually enjoyed it, uh, which, you know, uh, honestly, this show is very, very good yeah. as far as how they represent everything, and, and especially in representation of people in the military and mm-hmm. what they go through and everything else. Absolutely, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have any complaints. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was really true uh, to what to what I've seen, and uh, um, which kind of brings us to my number one. Which I'm going to switch my number one with something else that I originally had, uh, which was Madani in that that last scene. Yeah, and uh, I, I love that when when because you know, when Frank's holding her and she's got her head is bleeding and you're just like oh she's done That's and then <laughs> yeah and then for him to walk into the 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 hospital room and say Madonna even a shot to the head won't stop you <laughs> you know uh, was great and the fact that she didn't have apparently didn't have any kind of brain damage or anything because she was talking and uh, and she was awake and in fact when uh, the CIA woman and uh, her boss are talking to Frank, telling him, you know, about his his new his new life and the fact that uh, you know Frank Castle is gone. Pete Castiglione is now a you got full uh, pardon. You're you're free. We you know we're you know we expunge your records um, and you're still a fugitive technically, but it's going to be tougher for the the police to find you. And when he says, so this is just for me to shut up. And the CAA woman says, well, yeah, we don't want you to talk about this. But then Robbie points out to him, and I think this is what convinces Frank not to try to go public, was he said, this is what she wanted for you. This is what Dinah, Dina wanted for you, yeah. was for you to be free. And he looks at Madani, and Madani says, all the men that I wanted uh, – prosecuted or something like that they're all taken care of knowing where the bodies are buried i'm fine with it so really understanding that she may not forgive frank for being the one who pulled the trigger on her man in kandahar she knows that all the men that are responsible for that guy's death are gone you know that frank was a soldier he was just he was doing his job and and, uh as much as Sometimes that's a bad job. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I like that that fact that uh, that Frank recognized that, and so you see him go, okay, and then he just kind of <laughs> leaves. Which yeah. 
which sets us up for again for season two. It's going to be interesting to see what how they do season two. Whether they have, um, and I'll be ex- I'm excited really to see what they're going to do. I, I suspect, and this is no spoilers because I have no clue. I suspect there's going to be one big bad guy that he'll be going after the entire season. I'm assuming it's going to be a serialized season, not an episodic season where they're not going to take, they're not going to do like the comic books where, you know, two or three episodes might be dedicated to one particular mission and then move on to the next mission. I don't, I don't think it's going to be episodic. I think it's going to be serialized. I think there's going to be some sort of big bad guy he's going after. I mean, what do you think for season two? Season two, uh, they'll probably have short stories within three episodes that that okay. would actually make more sense in my feelings. Almost not not, you know, th- this was very episodic because it was the introduction, mm-hmm. and it seems like Netflix is doing that. I, I know you haven't uh, jumped on the Jessica Jones train or the Luke Cage one or mm-hmm. or any of those, but uh, with Jessica Jones, it takes off from the last season. Okay, and it's a whole new story and. They're working through it. Now, right. if I was a writer for Netflix, I would try to change it up. Give maybe Frank a uh, some sort of enemy every few episodes. Okay, so you'd rather... You to tackle. Yeah, so you'd rather see it be more episodic, even if it's, only, if it, even if it's two or three episodes devoted to one mission but more like like i don't mean when i say episodic i mean like it's it, there's going to be a resolution each time to like like yeah. I, I i watch ncis or i've been watching ncis and you know they have they have one case and they work that case each episode sometimes it'll there'll be a to be continued it'll go over two episodes or sometimes it'll go over three episodes but they they wrap it all up um so you think you think that's yeah, I think they would do it within three, uh, have some major baddie or some sort of bad that he has to deal with, and then within those three, he resolves that, but there's a still ongoing, continuing issue mm-hmm. that he has to resolve at the very end of the season. Right, right. That okay. is continuing to going. That would, that would make for better storytelling, so that way you have something that he has to deal with and contend with for like three episodes and then but still dealing with something that happened in the very beginning and then right. at the very end they wrap it up as what that big thing but they're all intertwined in some way yeah yeah no i, I i'm with you I, I would love to see that i just don't know if netflix is going to do that because they like you said that would definitely be a, a change well i don't know because i haven't watched these other these other uh the Marvel shows. shows, yeah, you yeah. Gotta, you got to watch Luke Cage. You got to watch Jessica right. Jones. Struggle through uh, Iron Fist, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, I uh, will and watch the Defenders. But right. uh, yeah, the uh, the Defenders was actually very good for having everybody complete. But after you've watched the first season of each, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that, it, you know, it kind of paired off from Daredevil at that point because you know they were all individually interacting within those two years that they were actually doing those and okay. then to create that whole uh, defenders group right okay so but basically it's it's like daredevil jessica jones punisher defenders but punisher is really separate because he's not doesn't come into those other ones but definitely you're saying the season one of jessica jones is before 
defenders, defenders. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's usually it's like uh, Daredevil one and uh, season one and two. Jessica mm-hmm. Jones, uh, Luke Cage, okay. uh, and then they do Iron Fist, and then it goes right into Defenders. Okay. So you could do those, okay. but uh, with, with Iron Fist, you you might have a little problem with it. I did. Uh, a lot of people I know I had it, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully they change it up come second season because they really need to clean up that whole Danny Rand thing. Right. right. I, I, like, I like the actor. I'm not saying I didn't. Um but uh, the way he was written, I, it wasn't, you know, not what yeah. I liked. I, I really didn't. I, it didn't really thrill me. I watched it. Uh, I thought it was okay, but nothing that, that threw me for a loop and thinking, okay, you're going to have Power Man and Iron Fist together, yeah. and how are they going to work together? So, Oh, before I forget, I, I do want to put one thing in here and sure. uh, give a pause in case we want to move this, or I don't know. Uh, no Karen Page in this episode. No, 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 not at all. Like not even a whisper about her. Like not even a sideways. Hey, and maybe it's just because since she's newspaper and they don't want this story to get out, maybe that's why they didn't bring her in because then they would have to explain why she's not telling the story. But I, I, I would I would be interested to see in the second season, and this this is how this will play into our this current discussion. Sure. Have her confront Frank maybe about that in the second season and say, well, why didn't you let me tell this story? And then have him have to explain, well, I wanted to keep somebody safe. Like Micro obviously had to be kept safe. The only way – if this story comes out publicly – then Micro's, Micro and his family have got to go into like witness protection or something because they're not – well, I guess everybody's dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it still wouldn't look good for the CIA for this, this whole thing to come out. You know, and uh, and so he I would love to see at at least a brief interaction between him and Karen Page about that Um, and then find out if he still considers Karen family. Because, uh, like I said, it's this this ending of not going into Micro's house really makes me think that he's he's embracing the another family, but he's been calling Karen family. So. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, uh, at the same time, that could be what brings Micro back into it. Something exactly. It, He'll have to so. reach out to Micro for his expertise, or yeah, and then maybe even reach out to Karen at some point, and Karen retaliating in some way, mm-hmm. yeah. or maybe even the CIA getting involved and having Mary Elizabeth uh, Master Antonio come back <laughs> and reprising her role mm-hmm. as that that head of the CIA. And I I just looked yeah. that up and I realized I'm like, wait a minute, I know her, and she was in the Abyss. And uh, they keep bringing in all these key actors that are in film that everybody knows mm-hmm. in these shows. And you've seen it. Uh, you had... Uh, ooh. Scott Glenn. You have Scott Glenn in Daredevil. Yeah, um, Scott Glenn you know. is definitely in Daredevil, yeah. Um, and that's... You know, I, I think that the lines have blurred... And uh, this may be kind of a separate discussion, but still the lines have definitely blurred between movie and TV. Back in in the 80s, really 70s and 80s, they didn't cross. I remember years ago I heard uh, Curtis Armstrong was being uh, interviewed by somebody or he was on a a podcast I was listening to. And they they talked about his time on Moonlighting with Bruce Willis. 
And he he talked about a conversation he had with Bruce Willis where Bruce asked him, wait, you were doing movies, weren't you? Why are you now in TV? And that Curtis had to explain to him, well, I needed a paycheck. Um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I've been in a few movies, but I needed a steady paycheck. And this TV – because he said Bruce, his whole thing was wanting to get out of TV and get – into movies mm-hmm. uh, because in the 80s there there was definitely a line there. I mean even in the 90s to a certain extent, extent you saw George Clooney left ER mm-hmm. to go do do movies. Yeah, and, from Dust Till Dawn that was his first big foray into yeah. movies from TV, but he did Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> in the early 80s in mid 80s. Yes, well he had done other other movies but really like I said it, it really isn't until the aughts I think that we see movie and television and I stars kind of cross crossing up and it not becoming a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think part of that is because television budgets got so big that basically they were doing a movie every week and, or they were doing an eight hour movie as what has been talked about, like with stranger things mm-hmm. that uh, the Duffer brothers put that together as an eight 10 hour movie. So uh, I think that's where, why we see the lines cross and we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of that as the future goes forward. We're going to see TV and movie actors just intertwine without any, especially, and we talked about this, I think in the last episode, especially now that they're, that they're filming entire TV seasons before they're released. So now an actor can go like, like the walking dead actors can go to Georgia from, uh, whatever, whatever it is, May to August or May to September. Yeah. Um, film all the stuff, everything for the entire next season, and then they've got you know October until April to do whatever, to go do movies or go do another TV show or uh, you know whatever. And um, I, I think we're going to continue to see that as uh, as the future uh, goes on. I, I think. Um, and this is where, when we talk about ratings, I think rating systems are going to have to change the way they look at things. I think, and I talked about this with, with Brian on his podcast uh, when, when I was on Walking Dead Talk Through, um, that the the ratings, it's tough because I think people are waiting to binge episodes. I think they're letting two, three episodes go by, and then they're watching all three of them at the same time. Yes. You know, yeah, and, I, I and so that's that's why the whole plus three plus five ratings are important. And um, it's it's like I said, it's one of those things that's going to be interesting going forward. How shows do that, and um, you know, we're there's a, a TV show that I that I love. I don't know if you've been watching it, Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, uh, I love that. that uh, <laughs> I love that that show. I hate to admit sometimes that I love it, uh, but uh, uh, and that's on. Uh, there, there's a podcast of that, but it looks like that may not get a fourth season um, because the ratings are are kind of not where not they want there. them to be. Well, actually, uh, somebody we know I actually interviewed. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Campbell regarding that and he asked him and Bruce's comeback was well everybody's waiting for it to come back to like Netflix or any Mm -hmm. streaming apps yeah, and people are just binge watching it and saying hey I'm just paying this and I don't have to get that channel 
because right. it's a cable war and right. nobody wants to buy or spend that for that extra app and uh eventually right. i have a funny feeling everything will go independent in some way uh yeah, yeah av ash versus yeah, i think it was Dead, yeah it was pretty good yeah was it you or uh was it somebody i, I think i was listening to somebody just recently that, that talked about the fact that they called it the netflix killer that um, when a show when a show gets picked up uh, when a a show gets picked up by Netflix, it's the killer. I, I mean, I know people. I love Criminal Minds. I watch Criminal Minds on. I have CBS All Access. Yeah. Uh, I had it. I had it before Star Trek Discovery came out because I watch uh, several CBS shows, and so it's worth it to me to to pay for that. Um, but uh, um, they were commenting. A friend of my, a good friend of mine, loves Criminal Minds, but she can't ever watch it until it comes on Netflix. Because she doesn't have CBS All Access, so um, and I know uh, the show that I, you haven't watched it. I love it. Supernatural uh, just got picked up for a 14th season. Um, wow! By the way, so that's uh, that's very cool. But I know friends that love that show that they yeah. can't watch it until it hits Netflix because they don't even have network TV. Like they don't have ca- regular cable TV. They just have yeah. Netflix and Hulu, and so they have to wait, or they have a they have uh, their you know their cable. Is just these streaming services. They don't, you know, they yeah, use an antenna for yeah, local channels. People, yeah, a lot of people are pulling the plug, and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. You know, honestly, I need the news, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. And I love and I love sports. I <laughs> I love yeah, to watch here. football, <laughs> and I love to watch sports, and uh, so uh, I'm I'm willing to pay a, a, what it, what it means, amounts to a car payment for my cable bill. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. it's like oh, two hundred bucks. Sure, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. If I ever need to replace my car, now uh, something may have to go. You know, uh, um, so. But uh, that's that's uh, down the road. I've got a great car right now. So, uh, knock on wood. Good. So <laughs> I don't want anything to happen to my car. Um, uh, but yeah. So um, should we talk about? Let me see. Was there anything else you had? In your, oh, I had one little thing in my notes that I wanted to bring up. Sure. Um, was and it was I didn't notice it until the second time watching. Uh, but I loved the zip up boots. She she gives him. If you notice at the beginning of the the uh, episode, Madani gives him his boots back and he puts them on, and they're zip up the side boots. I had a pair of those when I, I was have those. Uh, when I was in Korea, the the first tour I did in Korea, I uh, I used a pair of those because it was so much easier to just. You already had the laces tied. You just put your your shoe your foot in there and poop, zip it up and go to work. Um, yep. And uh, I, I think when I came back to the states, there was a little bit of a of a uniform issue with that, and really? they didn't want us. Yeah, there, it was it, it's it was a gray area in the for active duty military. It was a gray area for the uh those zip up boots I think uh uh years ago and and uh I I don't see anybody using them now. So I'm not sure how how prevalent they actually are. Uh I mean they might be, but uh, I like I said I think th- there was a, a a uniform issue with uh with it that uh, it it's a gray area wow. <laughs> with whether it actually qualified as a uh a uniform because uh, we don't we blouse the way we do our our the, i don't do it anymore because i'm retired but uh the military the way the air force would do 
we blouse our boots, so you see the boot, you see the whole boot. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, you, you tuck so, it in, and it blouses over. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so and so you see the whole boot, and that when you're in formation, they like they like all the boots to be the same. So, uh, but you know, well, yeah, I like those boots, unfortunately, because. I have really bad ankles, and I actually wear kind of military style boots almost all the time. Oh yeah, my, <laughs> I, uh, I my uh, my my ankles tend to like slip out yeah. from my foot a lot because it's really bad genetics. <laughs> so it actually holds my uh, ankle down, and if I tie them tight and I do the zip up, it <laughs> works perfect. So I yeah. have those all the time. Everybody looks at me and goes, "Why?" Why do you wear those? I'm like because it feels and it's comfortable. Yeah, I'm. I'm considering. I may pick up. I don't have boots right now because the the job that I'm in doesn't require me to have have boots anymore. But uh, my sister lives in Idaho, and the the last uh, last visit I did there, I wasn't able to do much outside when it snowed because I didn't have a good pair of boots uh, to wear. So I'm going to have to pick up some boots and break them in and. Uh, have those ready, ready to go. So I may look at uh, zip up boots for that. But uh, yeah, go uh, to Dick's. They, they yeah, have really good ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, my nephew, uh, my my nephew works for a. Uh, he's a big boy. Uh, he's about six two. 400 pounds? I, I don't want to speak out of turn about my nephew. He's a big boy. I'll just put it that <laughs> yeah, way. That's good. Uh, and so he has to wear sturdy shoes, you know, because he's he's carrying around a large frame. And, uh, and so he, they have to go to, like, Red Wing uh, to find boots that, that can fit him and he can yeah, – he can just, uh, so I, I understand the whole boots thing, and I, I've got I've to get a pair eventually. Yeah, uh, they're good. Dick's is, Dick's is a little too proud of their – I'm gonna have to check something else out for <laughs> Dix is proud of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the secret. Uh I think that was all I had. Uh the only other thing other quote I had that I really liked, uh or two quotes was uh at the beginning, um when Madani is being questioned after she's released Frank, uh she says uh, it took two two men painted as criminals and terrorists to do what you weren't willing to do. Um which I really, really liked. And then uh, when Micro is uh, is buttoning up uh, uh, Frank's shirt, he says, purple is your color. <laughs> and, you know, his <laughs> face is all, <laughs> yeah, his face is all bruised up and everything <laughs> he's got. And uh, and I noticed in the, the last scene, Madani was wearing the almost exact same color shirt in that final scene when she goes to the carousel. She's got a purple that kind of lavender purplish kind of shirt on uh, yeah. when she leaves the leaves homeland. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting. So, uh, yeah. uh, so do you have any thoughts about the whole season as a whole? Uh, as a whole, I, I loved it. I loved, I, I, I'm with you. I loved the, the coming back to the Punisher logo. I was, I was disappointed in that first episode when he burned it. In the in the barrel because I really wanted to see the Punisher. You know, yeah. I I didn't I I I didn't want to see episodes of him. You know, Without being it. the I didn't want to see him being the gimp. You know, they. So I'm glad they only they only gave us one episode of that. 
uh, of him, you know, with the beard and the hair and the not talking and and all that. Um, so I'm glad they they only only made us suffer through one episode of that, that that pretty quickly he realized he had to get back to at least doing something and then uh, at the end of the uh, it was a good payoff at the at the end of the season to see that logo come back um so that that's going to be cool going forward i'm still interested to see the guy from the construction site come back i would oh. be in, I, I, if to see that character come up, or to see that character come up somewhere else, I think that that he could be another character where that you could you could cross between you uh, series, yeah. you know, um, because he was told to, to get out of the city. So okay, send him, uh, you know, somewhere else. If there's another, I I don't know. I just I just thought that was a he was a a good character, and we didn't get a chance to to see a lot of him. Um, so, uh, I'd like to see that. Um, I enjoyed the Karen Page stuff. Uh, I like her. Um, yeah, overall, this, the season was good. I'm kind of with you. I I liked, I liked the balance. There was a good balance there between the different viewpoints. Yeah, the action, but the different Yeah, the different viewpoints on, uh, just the different viewpoints on whether Frank was right or wrong. Um, seeing, uh, seeing the family stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I like it. They had a great balance of drama. There was a, a little, every once in a while we had the humor, you know, we, we had the, the whole scene with the, that I still, we learned way too much about micro and he, he talks to Frank. Do you miss sex, Frank? You know, um, uh, <laughs> So we, we, we have those kind of lighter moments. Uh, I really like seeing and, – and this is where I'm, I'm torn because on one, on one hand, I want Micro's character to have a real life and a real good home life. But at the same time, I, I liked him and Frank together. I thought they were a really good duo, and I thought – I felt by the end they were really starting to, to mesh and starting to work together well. Um, so I, I was, I'd like to see more of that. Uh, I love seeing the war wagon. I think that that was, uh, one of the highlights for me of the season was as soon as they were in that chop shop and I saw that van in the back, I was like, Oh, the war wagon. Um, so I was, I was really, really uh, stoked to see that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm interested going forward to see, um, if, Frank sets up another hideout, kind of like uh, what he had with Micro, or is he gonna is he gonna set up a, a separate life where he, you know, during the day he's Pete Castiglione, and then at night he is the Punisher and goes out fighting crime, and you know he gets his his money from stealing from drug dealers, and because that that was one of the cool things in this last episode when when uh, Micro gives him. The envelope, you know, uh, Frank, and I, that wasn't a very thick envelope, but yet Frank said, you had this kind of money and we were living in that, you know, that, uh, that hideout that we were living in. Uh, and, uh, uh, Micro says, well, I, I, I took it, uh, uh, oh, I took it from uh, the bad guys. Yeah. I took it from the bad guys. I used your philosophy, you know, I took it from the bad guys. So, uh, I liked, I, I liked that whole, that whole thing. And I, I'd like to see more of that, see more of, of, uh, 
like I said, I, I'd like to see Frank have kind of a day persona that where he interacts with people who don't know he's the Punisher. And then at night, I think we've seen that in some of the movies. They, they've had that kind of interaction, but. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because he was always like, I don't know, Tom Jane's version was kind of dismissive and elusive to people and didn't, you know, took him towards the end of the movie to actually talk to people. And right. Getting to know, like, Re- Rebecca Romain and the two other guys. <clears throat> and then Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have to go back that far. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is, is I, I, I liked I liked seeing um, the the fun side of him. I liked seeing the dramatic side of him. I liked seeing when he interacted with with Micro's son, you know, with that whole when they were throwing the ball or the football around. We we got to see a, a tender side of him. And so I, I liked that in the first season, and so I, I hope we can get some of that in the second season. I hope we don't just get the uh, taciturn, monosyllabic uh, Punisher from from the comic books that I remember. The, the yeah. com- you know the comic books I remember. He didn't really. You didn't really see him not be the Punisher. No, I, he was, he was always that focused. I'm going to do this on a task. Yeah, and, and yeah. So, so I want to. I, I like seeing that side of him where he he didn't wasn't the Punisher. Um, so I kind of liked seeing, and I, I want to see more of that. More human forward. aspect of the mm-hmm. character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Good. I I really enjoyed the whole series, uh, the whole season, and uh, it, it it had a good play of mix of. Action, drama, and a little bit of comedy. Honestly, mm-hmm. there was some there, you know. Y- yeah, y- yeah. You and and it had a lot of realism to it, based upon what was going on with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot going on between the characters and how they interplayed with other Netflix shows within the Marvel universe. So you had uh, Karen Page, you had uh, Kingpin. Uh, the remnants, you know, the the remnants of Kingpin mm-hmm. from Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So I loved all that stuff. Uh, to me, uh, I'm hoping it moves on. I really want to see that War Machine, <laughs> just like you do. Yeah, I, I I hope if they do, and they probably will do. Even though I would really like to have three episodes of one baddie and one continual uh, mm-hmm. story throughout the whole season next season. Yeah. But if they do, I really want to see those characters come back. And yeah. uh, if, if the writers are going to write, they will have Frank come back to Micro. Uh, it's I, I think Curtis, Micro, and Karen are his ties to the real world. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Madani is always still there. And yeah. you have that CIA agent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and Madani, I, I like that you said that because I hadn't thought about that before. That you know, Curtis and Karen are his ties, kind of the to the real world. Uh, Micro is his his ties to like that digital world, and then Madani is his ties to like the government world. Like he has the people in place that if something happens and he, um, 
you know, if he sees, and I just make a thought here, like, uh, like say he's in a, in a bar or something and he encounters someone who he remembers from his military days and he goes, Oh, that's a bad guy. And he can tell that that's a, that's a bad guy who's doing something bad and then starts to follow, you know, he contacts micro and says, Hey, can you find out what's this guy? And micro comes back and goes, well, he's, you know, gone to ground or he's a mercenary or whatever. And then he can contact with Donnie and go, Hey, I've got a lead on this bad guy. Yeah, uh, you know, or you know, something else happens. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of we're, thinking we're, of, of. We're thinking of scenarios, and you know, yeah. For all we know, that the CIA could actually convince uh, Micro to actually work for them mm-hmm. to get to Frank to do something for them because sure, they yeah. can't do it. There's yeah. so many different ideas and story plots that they could do. It's right. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a way, like you said something. Somebody said, um, "No, what was it that I was watching?" Um, he was altered carbon. They talked about weaponizing a person, yeah, like using a person as a weapon. And there's they can do that with Frank. You know, if they have somebody who they go, "Well, we can't get to him." You know, if if Madani has a bad guy who she knows she can't get the proof, she knows the guy is bad, she can't, but she can't get the evidence. She can pass it on to Frank. And then Frank can then do something about it out, kind of outside of the law yes. kind of thing. You know, uh, so there's so many things they can do with these characters. Uh, he can be pulled into the Defenders. Was was he in? He wasn't in the Defenders at all, was he? No, he was The first season? Okay. Nope, nope. So they could pull him into the second. You know, maybe the Defenders are, are fighting somebody and kind of like when – the Punisher was originally introduced in the 70s. It was Spider-Man was fighting a bad guy, and the Punisher came out of the woodworks fighting him as well. Yeah. You know, um, they could have something like that happen uh, where he starts interacting with other other characters from the MCU uh, or the TV, the Marvel Netflix universe in, in C. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Try to come so up with a nice name for yeah, it, but yeah, you know, exactly. I don't think they even got a name for it. No, no. Uh, I loved, I loved that uh, that whole Avengers thing with Kevin Feige that you uh, uh, that you page uh, posted oh, the to the sitcom. page. <laughs> yeah, the sitcom thing was great. Uh, you know, so uh, yeah, we there's so many things they could do with this character. I, but I'm 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 with you. I really want to see them keep the human side of him. I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to lose that. I, I like. I think uh, John Bernthal brings that human side to the character that these other actors had a little bit of. But I, I think he, to me, John Bernthal has an everyman kind of quality to him. Um, and, and I, I say that because there's so many actors that when you see them they look like they're an actor. Like they, they look like they would be, they would be in movies and TV shows, you know, whereas John Bernthal looks like somebody you could just run into on the street. Um, Michael Cudlitz, Michael Cudlitz is, is another actor kind of like that. He's, he's somebody who I could see somebody like that in my everyday life, you know? Um, and so I, I like those kind of actors that uh, – and, and that's what John Bernthal brings to – that I feel brings to the character is he brings a, a humanness to the character even though he is 
a very super kind of, you know, and I, I had this in my notes. I didn't say it earlier, but uh, that that is one aspect of this show that I don't know if we touched on the whole super soldier kind of thing. But, you know, they both he and Russo recovered from their wounds really quickly, did a lot of things <laughs> with wounds that most other people would be down for the count for a while. You yeah, know, a lot of people would ail from them. I, <laughs> I, I do agree with you. That. <laughs> so, so, you know, but like I said, I, I like that John Bernthal brought that, you know, to, in my opinion, brings that to the character. So, yeah, yeah. He, he brings a man's man, uh, a working man's character to the plate when it comes to playing the Punisher. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're talking about. I, I do appreciate it. And he is, if, if you listen to a Nerdist podcast, or now it's ID10T, John actually is on there with Chris Hardwick and goes about his history and how he was. He was a tough kid. And, um, yeah, you know, he was told, and then he he got sw- you know moved into acting in some way by teachers and and family, and uh, you know uh, <clears throat> he is definitely a, a very good actor. You know, I, I do oh, appreciate yeah. his work, not just from The Walking Dead, but he did uh, before he did Walking Dead, he did a sitcom, so he has com- comedic chops. He also had done a movie with. Uh, Stallone and De Niro. Uh, it was a okay. boxing sh- uh, boxing movie. I-, I can't recall the name, but he played uh, De Niro's son. Okay, where you you know De Niro had to battle Stallone, and yeah. uh, he had that like grit to him, you know that street grit. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what he brings out. It's kind of like watching somebody who is portraying somebody you grew up with on the streets of a big city of Ohio, Chicago, Mm -hmm. New York City, one of those, or Detroit. Yeah. uh, You know, those things. And uh, he really does it, and it it resonates in how he acts. Now, you know, he's done other things like, you know, A Night at the Museum, Part 2, where he played... Oh, he played a mobster in it, a uh, classic mobster in it, and it's like he has that attitude. But in a sense, with this, he actually did very well, in my opinion, of portraying Frank Castle as a regular human being, a military man, and a military family man, and then mm-hmm. trying to do right for everybody else. So to me, I, yeah. I, I was really happy with how it was portrayed this time. Uh, um, I I enjoyed the Thomas Jane one. Honestly, I I did. Uh, it was kind of quick and quite a sh- uh, really quite short in a sense because you had John Travolta <laughs> as the the enemy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, I did enjoy the actual movie. Uh, all I had as a kid and when I was in high school was to watch the original Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, and the mm-hmm. only thing we got of a symbol of the Punisher was on a dagger. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it, but, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of like we're trying, but you know, I have it on DVD. I've watched it recently, and there's a few things that he says in it. There's a lot of dialogue in there that portrays very much like the actual comic book at mm. that time when I was growing up in high school, 
and uh, it, it had that grit and that feel to it, but Dolph Lundgren is way too tall, <laughs> and yeah. on top of that, uh, too pretty, and he had to dirty his hair up. Yeah. And then Tom Jane, it, he has light hair, and but he had the fortitude in it, and it he his acting chops gave him that point where it worked for the movie, but... Honestly, the whole uh, the nemesis part of the the movie wasn't really my forte. I w- I wanted something more. I wanted Kingpin or somebody. Yeah, that was a big bad. But yeah. this actually came out in a sense where it was drawn out for thirteen episodes and worked out so well because they actually brought out a human out of the character and then brought drama and brought realism and you know, created a yeah. new character for us to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you everybody for uh, listening in. Uh, this ends our Punisher series for season one. And uh, I have to thank Steve for being on being the consummate co-host. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, we'll be back. We'll have something new. Uh, you will be informed. And thank you, and good night. Good night. Good night.